Yo, what's good? This is Clint, your host on the Music Is My Business podcast, the podcast where you can gain insight and learn proven strategies to build and monetize your music career. If you want your questions answered live, join me on YouTube at Clint Music on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern time, and let's chop it up. Now let's dig into this week's episode. Question is, how do I submit to a company successfully? Great question. Okay, so that's exactly what we're going to talk about, right? So <clears throat> let's talk about let's talk about what service you use to actually submit. And honestly, it's, it's going to depend on who you're submitting to, right? Um, every company kind of has their own guidelines and submission guidelines and things like that. Um, so always start off by asking how would they like to receive music? Some of them they're cool with sending an mp3 attached to the email most aren't but you'll get the occasional one who just don't care right and then you have some where they prefer streaming links or a link that they can stream and or download like from that one link so there's different services out there depending on how that publisher wants you to submit um so you have WeTransfer, right? WeTransfer is cool. I think if you get Pro, I think you can get it to where your link doesn't expire. But if you're using the free version, like I do, um, it expires. Like the link expires after like seven, 14 days, something like that. I forget the, the exact number. But you don't want to send them links that expire unless they specifically say, just send a WeTransfer and I'll grab it real quick. And you know, like, firsthand that they're going to download it immediately don't send a link that expires because what will happen is they get busy especially if you're talking about a music supervisor they'll get super busy and completely forget the link expires they forget about you boom you missed out on a placement opportunity so always make sure it's a link that doesn't expire services for that could be box.com dropbox.com I've, I've used soundcloud in the past when i first got started I think it was it was a little it was used more than it is now in the licensing world, but some people still like SoundCloud links. Um, so th those are a few. Uh, right now, I use uh, I use Disco, um, which is a dope service where you can kind of manage your catalog, um, kind of advanced stuff, but it's uh, it's super dope. Um, where you can send a link, they can share, they can stream it. If, if you can give them the option to download things like that, um, so that's how you you successfully submit you listen you ask them how they want how do you want music and then they just let you know and then you submit according to how they want you to submit um so there's no like one answer like this is the one way to submit to music licensing it's gonna depend but just make sure you don't send those expiring links man like i wouldn't do that let's appreciate the question hopefully that helps Isaiah Hill, producer from Atlanta. What's up, Isaiah? Um, let me see. Ben, what's good? A music producer checking in from ATL. ATL is in the building. Appreciate it, Faker Up. Uh, was it Delon Bowen from Round Rock, Texas? I'm a producer. That's what's up, man. Thanks for coming through. The Anthony Johnson, Jamaica, Queens, New York. That's what's up, producer. Herbie Brown, what's up? 
Uh, you're not late. You made it, man. That's the most important part is that you made it. Um, <clears throat> Eric Hill in Minnesota. That's what's up, man. Hopefully you get your first soon. I'm rooting for you. Immaculate Beats, what's up? Okay, so single note music asks, do companies ever want stems? Great question. Yes. Um, more times than not, right? Like usually they want some alternative versions to give editors um, flexibility on on how they, you know, sync that music to, to pictures. So they may want a 30 second, they may want a 60 second, um, they may want just a drum and bass version. Um, so yeah, different versions, different stems uh, are, are definitely uh, a plus. And honestly, it increases your chances of getting placements too versus just having a track where they don't have flexibility. If you give them multiple versions, you increase your chances of getting placements by that much. And it don't matter, like if they if they only use the drum, like the drum stem of your full track, you still gonna get paid the same amount of money and, and royalties or whatever. So it doesn't even matter. As long as they use any part of your music, um, you're gonna, you gonna be good. So make sure you're prepared to make stems. Not every company will ask you for stems, um, but some companies will, a lot of companies will. Um, so be prepared to create those. Cause yeah, that'll, That'll help you out. <clears throat> what's your, let's see, Faker Up said, what's your motivation doing YouTube videos? Um, shoot, man, I'm talking about stuff that I love, right? And, and stuff that helps people, um, especially in the music licensing, the music production and music, or music business uh, lane people have questions and they always hit me up in the dms with these questions so what i do is i use youtube as a way to answer these questions and put it out in front of as many people as possible because a lot of people have the same questions you guys have right so i use youtube as a platform to answer those questions um you know do some reviews here and there and you know just help out as many people as i can without doing one-on-one -on -one with thousands of people all over the place like i would literally not be able to do that so thank you youtube you allowed me to to answer multiple people's questions with one video so that's my motivation john allen what's up man appreciate you coming through uh grand woo from colorado springs what's up Let's see who else we got in here. Star and Amp was good. Geek and Garden from Dallas, artists, songwriters. That's what's up. All right. So how does all of this apply to us if we wrote the songs but didn't create the tracks? It's a great question, right? So if you wrote the song, and you did not create the track. If you're trying to pitch music for TV and film opportunities, you have to make sure you can get in touch with whoever made the track, whoever produced the beat. Um, make sure you have the rights to um, use that beat in TV and film because they're gonna have to sign off on it as well since they own technically half of, 
of that song of that master recording right so um you want to make sure you know you have their their contact information to make sure they're easy to get in touch with if they're not that could uh, it could definitely prevent you honestly i wouldn't even i wouldn't even pitch it like if you can't get in touch with them i wouldn't even pitch it unless um you know you guys have splits worked out you you got the okay and if anything happens you can reach out and get that joint signed off on um, otherwise you won't get the placement and you don't want that to look look bad on you and your reputation if you submit something and then they're like, yeah, we want to use this in this movie or whatever on Netflix. And then you're like, well, I can't get in touch with this guy. You don't want to do that. It put a sour taste in their mouth and they might not want to work with you again. So that's that's not good. Betsy from Boston. Thank you. I'm glad I can share what I know. Okay, Isaiah Hill said, I got a few instrumental tracks accepted into a non-exclusive library. Some of those tracks will work well for this exclusive library. If I put vocals on it, would I be able to submit? I would, uh, I would say no if it's the same instrumental. Because if, if you sign those tracks with a non-exclusive library and then just have somebody write over it and then submit those written records with the same tracks to an exclusive library the exclusive library is probably gonna have an issue with that um because if that for example um i've gotten places where i submitted full songs but then they only use the instrumental so if they use the instrumental and then cue sheets are getting filled out and they're submitting this data and then you know that non-exclusive library has a title for that that instrumental then this starts to create some confusion on you know who's representing this track and um and who do we pay so i i would say no um if it was a, if it was another non-exclusive library then you'll probably be good to go but yeah i would say no for that um i would just create tracks that are similar to that have somebody write over those and then send those joints over. Uh, let's see. Grand Wu, thanks for the videos on how to manage finances. Man, absolutely, man. I hope it helps. I got part two coming out this Friday. Um, so make sure you guys are subscribed and you got the, the bell notification thing selected, clicked or whatever you got to do. Uh, to make sure you get the notification of that video dropping but yeah it'll be out friday part two i'm gonna show you guys like the screen i'm gonna share my the spreadsheet the spreadsheet the <laughs> the spreadsheet that uh that we use when we do our budget and then i'm gonna also have a link where you guys can download that and use it for your own budget as well so yes yeah, it's, it's gonna be dope Trelly was good. Said is Tune Edge a good website for sync placements? Um, what are, what are some other websites you recommend? Thank you. I've never heard of Tune Edge, right? Um, I, I mean, I have to check them out. I haven't done any any due diligence on them, um, but there's so many, right? So this is this is what I recommend doing when you're searching for these companies um, because they come and go, right? Some get bought out, some pop out of nowhere. Some do really well. 
um, but just do your research go to their page um, see what placements they have the last time they got placements even if you have to send them an email hop on the phone like ask them you know what what was the last placement you got like what do you place a lot of what do you need a lot of and just ask these questions and do some research on them uh, to make sure that they'll, they'll put in work for you because um, it's a lot of them like and and every company isn't gonna be for you right like the companies i work with they just may not be a good fit like to be honest so depending on what kind of music you make depending on uh the genres you do um depending on how you like to work because uh, there's different models too in licensing like there's websites where you can just upload music and just let it sit there on the website and then people come in and license it whereas and then you have the um you know the kind of companies where you can kind of build relationships relationships with and talk one-on-one -on -one and you know they send you briefs and things like that so it just depends on how you want to work um but just keep searching researching those companies reach out to them talk to them and then um yeah man just make a decision sign with a few see how they work over the years and then after a while you'll get an idea of which companies work well for you um so yeah, so hopefully that that helps. Immaculate beats. What changes have you made since leaving the nine to five? As far as uh, as far as my workflow and whatnot. Um, well, the, I guess the biggest change is I'm working more, right? Um, honestly, man, like I mean, I. It's just more of what I was already doing, right? So I guess the the workflow is, I guess it's kind of the same. I mean, the same time that I would wake up for my nine to for my nine to five, I still wake up the same the same time and um, and get started, you know, working working my business, you know, still keeping that discipline of getting up early in the morning, getting dressed. Um, I'm not in my PJs right now, which is basically some hooping shorts and a t-shirt, but, um, you know what I'm saying? Just getting dressed and getting ready for the day, like a regular, like I would any other day. Um, but just being focused more so on the business. And then I just kind of structure my day out depending on what I need to get done. Um, if I have to create tracks or, or mix something, um, I'm doing that Monday through Wednesday, Thursday, um, is, is like my content creation day. So that whole day is kind of dedicated to just creating content for the next week. Um, and then Friday is kind of like an admin day, just catching up on some stuff, accounting stuff, making runs, errands, um, emails, just whatever, man, whatever admin stuff needs to be done. Um, so that, that's pretty much it, man. But as far as, you know, the workflow of Create Music, it's the same. I just have more time to do more of it. Uh, I'm probably super behind on these chats. Y'all keep them coming. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Rob Beats, what's good? Do you do one-on-ones regarding how to maneuver and use my BMI, have it set up correctly? Absolutely. I do one-on-one -on -one consultations. Those can be booked at clintproductions.com slash services if you want to go directly to the page um so yeah absolutely do one-on-ones hour hour long sessions we can chop it up man i'm, I'm an open book on those 
and you know i can really give you that that one-on-one -on -one personal advice and if you need help you know setting that bmi up we can do like a screen share or something and just walk you through that um so you can you can be good man This is a good question from Can't Touch My Swagger. He's coming with all the dope questions, y'all. I need y'all to, I need y'all to come cause Swagger's coming with the questions. Okay, so honestly, it's not super complicated. Uh, that first initial email should just be an introduction. Hi, my name is blah, blah from whatever. You can mention your company. You don't even have to mention your company if you don't have a company, just mention your name. Tell them what you do. I'm a composer. I'm a producer. Are you accepting new submissions? Are you accepting submissions from new composers? That's it. Uh, from there, they'll let you know what, you know, what they want you to do. Um, so, yeah. So don't overthink it. It doesn't have to be this long, elaborate, professional email. <laughs> like, just introduce yourself. Ask them if they're accepting submissions. Get straight to the point. Um, and things will, things will kind of go from there. No doubt, Herbie. Uh, what's up, Indigo? Self-produced artist from Central Cali. That's what's up. Corey Hadley, what's good? Corey said, how long are the instrumentals that you submit? Uh, my instrumentals tend to be around a minute and a half, sometimes two minutes. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my sweet spot. Again, depends on what they ask for. Sometimes I get briefs where they like, we just want 60 seconds. Excuse me, burping live. Y'all gonna get everything on this live joint. Y'all gonna get burps and, and ums and all types of stuff. But yeah, um, a minute and a half is, is a good spot um, unless they say otherwise. Let's see what we got. Jay Love was good. LA's in the building. Michelle Leroy or Leroy? Hopefully I'm saying that correct. Forgive me if I'm not. Um, I've been known to butcher names in the past. How many tracks do you recommend to submit for a first to a library? I say I like the number five, like me and the number five, we get along. So that's just that's kind of my that's my vibe. Five. Um, I feel like it's not it's not too much, but you can still give them an idea of what you're capable of with five tracks. Um, so, yeah. Cause honestly, that first that first submission when they ask you for like a link to something, um, nine times out of ten is so they can see if you can produce for real. Like if they they just want to see if you can make quality music at the end of the day. Um, if you can't, then you know they'll probably say this this it's not what we're looking for right now, or um, they may not actually be looking for it right now. It just depends, but I say five. It's a good number.
We create music TV. What's good? I'm gonna post this. It's not a question, but this is this is my guy, so I'm gonna just post this up. <laughs> What's good? Make sure y'all follow We Create Music TV, man. Like a lot of helpful information, um, especially for the indie producer, musician, anybody um, just in the music biz. Uh, super, super valuable information and interviews on that channel. So make sure y'all check them out. What's up, Eddie P? Yo, I get this question every every week I go on a live, whether it's IG, YouTube, DMs, like it don't even matter. So are samples used from companies like Spice okay to use in submissions? Um, the answer is sorta kind of maybe, but not, right? So, so this is the thing, man, this is the thing. If you have multiple people using the same loop um, from Splice and like nobody's being original and flipping that joint to where it doesn't sound like the original, what can happen is all these tracks that are in the different libraries using that same loop, send these, these albums and these tracks out to these production companies and they get used, they get placed so then this audio technology that's picking up on placements and things like that is picking up that loop especially if you start the track off with just that loop um and have that plan like every so so i use TuneSat, right which it like picks up an audio clip of tracks that are getting placed within the hour or whatever on tv so if i use it other composers are using it so then we're all getting notifications of this 15 second snip or whatever that's that got used on TV. And we all thinking we just got a placement, but it was like the same loop that we all use. So now everybody going to their pro like, yo, I need to get royalties for this. I need to get royalties for that. Then it's, it just starts this whole confusion of whose track it is. And then it stop. It can stop everything. It can stop royalties. Um, it can just, it can be a headache. So my advice me personally i don't use it at all because i honestly don't feel like dealing with it and i can i play play keys so like i don't sometimes i'll use a loop for ins inspiration but i don't that's not a struggle that i have um not really a struggle it's just i guess just creating different things is like that's where my strength is so um i don't use it if you do use it make that joint so unrecognizable that no one will know that that joint came from splice if you're gonna do it if you're gonna use a royalty free loop um that would be my advice um i personally just stay away from it because i don't want to take a chance and have to go through that the headache um but yeah that's the um the kind of maybe sort of answer to that. <clears throat> John Allen, what is the structure of your instrumentals? AABA or ABA or so, okay. Um, so I have a, a, a specific structure that I use. I won't go into detail on here um, because I feel like it's, well, it's kind of hard 
it's kind of hard to explain. I guess it would be, technically it would be, let me see, brief intro, A, B, A, B. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. But um, I go into depth. I created a course because it's easier to show you guys what works for TV. Um, because it's not only the structure, um, there's, there's like length and like certain elements to the track that makes it work for tv right and it's 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 specific so I, I break it down in the course how to structure instrumentals for tv um so that uh, that's available on my website clintproductions.com um just go to the store or dm me whatever if you want information or the link is in my bio on ig it's everywhere but hit me up if you want that I, it's a video course i go into detail um, but yeah, like the basic, I think the basic structure is like ABAB and then I'm, and then I'm usually done. I don't do bridges or anything for TV. Sometimes I'll do a bridge if it's a full song, but yeah, that's the, that's the short answer to that. Joshua, what's up, man? said for tv film music is it things change in every eight bars and four bars intros yeah like every eight bars i'll say you know switch some things up man you don't want it to uh you don't want it to get boring man like and it can get boring real quick uh so switch things up keep it interesting have transitional elements um yeah absolutely Let's see, let's see. For the new people coming in, let me know where you're from. Let me know what you do. The city, uh, producer, songwriter, artist. Let me know while I hydrate again. Yeah, I don't think people understand how thirsty you get when you go live um, talking nonstop and you're like the only one talking. Like you can definitely get parched, legit. <clears throat> All right, let's go through these questions. Ooh. Miami. Kamaz, Washington. That's what's up. Yo, this is a good one right here. Um, okay, so when when submitting tracks, some ask for metadata. What? How do you input the data to WAV files that will open up when they're presented to Music Soups? Super dope question. So, one thing that I learned is that WAV files don't hold metadata. So, say I create a track, I drag it in the in the iTunes on my computer as a wave. And then I go in, edit, you know, artist name, BPM, all of that information. When I send that track, um, if I email that track out as a wave, after I put that information to iTunes, it won't stick. So by the time that wave shows up to the other person's computer or email or whatever, 
it's just it's just a regular blank wave file again um i think it may have like the song name like dot wave like you know the original file name but it won't have metadata um the only way that metadata sticks if you're doing it in itunes is uh if you do an mp3 <clears throat> or i believe aiff if you're using mac i'm not sure if you can do aiff on windows or not i'm a mac user i've been a mac user since like 05 so if anybody uses windows feel free to chime in in the chat and let people know that i'm wrong um <laughs> but i know aiff keeps that metadata and it's like the same quality as a wave um so that's if you're doing it in itunes i'll do that if i'm sending an mp3 out i don't know why my email app randomly opens on its own i didn't get an email that's weird but um so yeah so that's one way to do the metadata the the way that is done most of the time with different companies that I work with is they just have a sheet where you type the metadata in a spreadsheet and then they do whatever they need to do. Um, some, sometimes they use different systems um, that keeps track of all of that information and they just have you fill out a spreadsheet and, um, and then they kind of take it from there. Um, so for the most part, I'm filling out spreadsheets. It's fun. And I say that sarcastically. Let's see. What's up, Jay Love? Thanks for coming through, man. So the question is, do licensing companies prefer to license works with one writer? Does submitting works with multiple writers present issues? um it depends <clears throat> a couple writers a few writers i don't think you're, you're running into any issues um if you have like 15 writers probably gonna be an, <laughs> an issue um it just makes it and it, then it depends on the size of the company obviously working with like some of the major joints um you guys see the credits on these major records it's like literally 15 writers on some of these joints um but if it's like a smaller company prob they probably don't want to go through trying to get in touch with like you know six seven publishers for each and every writer and and all of that so um i feel like the less co-writers you have the better and the easier it is to get stuff cleared. Um, so just be mindful of that before you invite like eight people to, <laughs> to collab on this track and submit it to TV and film. Um, and then make sure everybody that you are collaborating with can be touched and reached. So when it's time to sign off, um, everybody can sign off on that joint. I seen another uh john wyatt what's up john thanks for coming through man so let me drink some water because i'm thirsty john said 
submit five songs in one genre or submit five different genre tunes amazing question it's a great question um because me personally i do multiple genres the music libraries however want me to do one genre it seems like so this is what i found happens in music licensing a lot of the time a lot of the times no it's a lot of the time um i told y'all this is live like y'all getting everything uh, so music libraries it's easy for them spam risk it's easy for them to um categorize you right and kind of honestly put you in the box because it's easier to put you in a category so when they send briefs out they know john does this particular genre great we're gonna send him this brief because we feel like he would do do best in it versus somebody else that's a good and a bad thing if you know how to produce multiple genres um, such as myself so what you'll find is you'll get all of the the briefs excuse me from a particular company um, based on what you do or what you do best or what you started submitting them so there is a workaround right and this is how I work around it. So, you know, company A will probably get a bunch of hip hop from me. That's cool. Um, hip hop, R&B stuff. But then I'll go to another company and then just only send them like some ambient um, background tension music or something like some way different than hip hop and R&B. Right. Um, because I can do that, too. And then I'll be known, I'll be like that guy for ambient music with this company and then be known as the hip hop R&B guy with this other company so that I'm still able to do multiple genres. I'm still able to take advantage of multiple opportunities. I'm just doing it with different libraries um, and it kind of makes everybody's life easier because they can categorize me however they want. And I can still use all the skills that I have and capitalize off of that to get um, more opportunities. So that's how I work around. Hopefully that helps. Thanks for coming through, John. I appreciate you. <clears throat> Big Shot Beats. What's up? Big Shot is the homie. I'm gonna throw him up on the screen just because he's at home. <clears throat> what's good, man? Clockwise, what's good? Just not able to join. If you're just coming in, let us know where you're from, the city you're from, and let us know what you do. If you produce, uh, if you songwrite, if you're an artist, or if you're something else. You don't have to be those one of those three. I'm not gonna box you in. Kevin Michael, great question. What happens after a soup gets back to you? What is the process after that? Um, I'm sure it'll depend, but I'll just tell you about my personal experience. Um, okay, uh, so I reached out, sent the music supervisor a playlist of music. He responded pretty quick. Honest, I was surprised. I was kind of taken back. Like, bro, like you're supposed to be busy, man. That was real quick. But um, he hit me back. Was like, yo, this is great. I may have something I could use this for. We'll be in touch. So I was like, cool. 
Then months went by and I didn't hear from the dude. I'm like, I thought we had something going. And like this was feeling good at first, right? But it was a few months that went by and then randomly I get like a uh what's that agreement called? It's uh pretty much it was an intent to place a track in a film or whatever. Uh, which was great. I was definitely happy to see that even though it was like three months. Um, which I mean that's what it is, man. It's hurry up and wait, right? So um, so yeah, so after that, um, they were like, yo, we want to use this. And then conversation kind of started, relationship started to, to rekindle. <laughs> and, um, you know, we just started the process of paperwork, man, just filling everything out, um, confirming credits. Um, how do you want credit displayed on the end credits? So we had to go through that, fill that out, um, had to send the paperwork to the all the different writers and producers involved and, and owners of the master they had to sign off on it send it back and then we send it to them um then i also tried to negotiate a higher fee because they wanted uh, what happened i think they they made a change to like the territory or something so then you know a negotiation thing can kind of happen um and then once all of that is agreed um, then you have to fill out, you know, you fill out your, your paperwork to get payment and things like that. So you're filling out W-9s, um, you know, direct deposit information, things like that. Um, yeah. And then pretty much uh, dependent. Sometimes you may have to sign like an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. Just depends on, on the project. And then you pretty much just wait until it comes out. Um, wait to the check comes which is the best part and then that's it man like you know it's just a bunch of back and forth paperwork questions oh you misspelled my name like stuff like that honestly yep <clears throat> charles jefferson what's up I know it depends on the placement, but about how many do you think it would take to comfortably quit a nine to five? Yeah, that's, I wish I had an answer for that. It's, uh, I don't know, man, a lot. Like, I mean, like I said, I always encourage producers to have multiple streams of income, not just like one. Um, if you're like in licensing, there's multiple streams in licensing. So you have the upfront fees. And then you have um, you have royalties, right? Royalties go up and down. You can't really depend on those until you get to a point where there's so much music on TV that you did that like you kind of can see the lowest point of where your royalties are hit. Um, and then you may be able to kind of make a, a wise decision based on that, but it just depends man depends on the placements what kind you're getting um <clears throat> i just i got a brief i got a brief a couple days ago and the upfront sync fee was it was six figures for that one for one commercial right so it just depends man depends on which direction you go uh which route you want to take how much work you put in um just shoot it's whatever just keep working until you're at that point where you feel like you can comfortably quit the the day job what's up honey banks no doubt no problem 
What's up, creative? My guy's in the building. Immaculate said Clint's out here finessing the system. Man, you got to. You got to make it work for you. Man, listen, like the, uh, yeah, I mean, it, for one commercial, like, so <laughs> this was the thing about, so this is the beat that's playing right now that I submitted for that, but um, I got, that was, I got the brief, like in the, what time was it? It was like noon. I, I posted on my Instagram page. Y'all follow me on Instagram at Clint Music. Y'all see some of the behind the scenes stuff that's going on, but um, I got the brief the day of, and it was just like, this is due today. And then I thought about it. I was like, I have nothing. I have nothing like this. But I was like, shoot, I seen that dang on budget. And I was just like, yo, we about to create something like this today. Knock that beat out. I could not not submit to that. J-Love, I'm in Atlanta. <clears throat> so, yeah, you just got to you just got to find what works for you. Get that pocket and uh, keep it moving. What's up, Ingrid from Cincinnati, Ohio in the building. That's my home state. Shout out to Ohio. Yo, shout out to Honey Banks, artist, writer, composer from Dallas, Texas. Just got a placement on a movie that was released yesterday. So this is right on time. Congrats, Honey. Like, yo, do we got, let me, hold on. We got we got to give her some claps, yo. That's huge. Congrats on that, honey. Uh, I'm sure you put in the work um, to deserve it. So yeah, keep it up, keep it going. Let's see. Going through the questions. Eric Hill, what's good, bro? When do you receive royalties? How often are they paid out? So performance royalties are paid out quarterly. Um, so that's every every three months. So you get four royalty checks a year. Um, yeah, and that's that's when you receive them. That's how you get them. Um, I'm trying to think of any as far as the TV side. Yeah, that's usually like the bulk, the like the royalties. Um, you may get a few kind of trinkle in from like YouTube media streaming stuff. It just, yeah, it just depends. But uh, generally quarterly, every three months, four times a year, um, you can expect to get, get those royalty, um, royalty payments. Honey Bank says she cried. No lie. I, I ain't mad at you. Like that's a huge accomplishment. huge <clears throat> what's up and anu palm i'm hope i hope i'm pronouncing it right if i'm not forgive me um but he says hey clint is there a way to make libraries pay up front for the track submitted looking for this approach to earn a few bucks at the start 
great great question um i know i know a lot of libraries uh some of them that are associated with uh the production music association shout out to pma um i'm a member of pma um a lot of libraries are associated with them um pay up front it just depends on the budget as well for the project um and then there's a lot of libraries who don't like they you don't get paid up front it's just royalties so <clears throat> this is this is kind of how you got to approach it never he never hesitate to ask right i'll ask like yo do you guys have an upfront budget especially if they approach me to create some custom work i'll ask like is there a budget um for upfront fees for this and then i'll let you know like if yes no um and then you'll know where you stand so you're not like blindly working hoping that maybe you know what i'm saying like they'll cut a check um no like up front right so but this is what can happen though right so i did a deal with a company and they approached me to create some tracks for a production album that they were working on um so what a production album is it's just it's an album full of tracks made specifically for production tv and film production so they send these these albums out um to you know production companies so i asked her immediately is there is there a budget to create these tracks because i have to take time away from paying clients and other people who are paying me to do things so i just need to know like how much time should i allocate um to this project so she was just like no I was like, okay, cool. Like, I wasn't mad. At, like, I'm used to it, right? Starting out, usually, yeah, you usually don't see upfront money. So I was like, cool, I'll rock with you. So I did a few tracks, and I did them good. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to short you because you're not paying. Like, I'm going to still give you quality work as if you were paying, which is key, right? Don't, don't be cheap. Um, so I gave her some dope tracks. So it was like, cool, she liked them. They got accepted um fast forward started getting some placements from it i was like okay cool um so she reached back out to do another project um so i did that did a few more tracks and then pretty much i did this a few times and then it got like one year she she surprised me she just hit me up like yo clint um we need this and we actually have a budget i was like yo like that's what's up like i wasn't expecting that um so it ended up turning into a pay situation and sometimes they'll say no to kind of get a feel of how you know how you work um on the free stuff so that if they do have a paid opportunity they know they can depend on you for that paid stuff so sometimes you just got to show up and give your best for those opportunities that aren't paying and you may be surprised and they'll turn up to to some paid opportunities now like the last the last couple briefs um they reached out for me has been paid like up front so it may you may start off like i said like no money up front but um just always deliver your best and it could turn into something dope appreciate you coming through man and tuning in Shout out to everybody. Anybody that's, that just joined, um, apparently we are live, but let me know where you're from. Let me know what city you're from. Let me know what you do. 
and we're answering questions man we're talking about music licensing i'm gonna be on here for about nine more minutes and then i'm gonna hop off um you guys have been dope you've been asking some really dope questions i appreciate it and uh hopefully this information is helping you guys Quiet Edge Productions from Baltimore. What's up? Immaculate Beats said, how often do you find yourself having to negotiate the fees and whatnot? Doesn't happen often. Usually, um... Usually the publishers and stuff are, are doing stuff like that. Uh, the only time I kind of did that uh, was with the it was a Netflix situation, and it, it was only because uh, the price they they came. With, I mean, it was fair to begin with, but they they had hit me up and was just like, "Yo, like we need to make a change to to something." I don't know if it was like a length in the. I don't think it was a length in the term, but I think it was just like a something one of the rights or some, one of the terms had changed so i felt like you know that was an opportunity to uh to negotiate like something's changing so like shoot the price should change <laughs> the price should change too uh so it just depends man like if it's something uh, where like they want to use it longer i mean naturally you have to pay a little bit more if you're using it longer if you want to use it more than out to just just the u.s right you want to use it outside of the country that it was originally being licensed for you know i feel like that's room for negotiation but it doesn't happen a lot like on the reality tv stuff like you know working with the music libraries usually there's no negotiation because most of it is back-end money anyway um so those rates are kind of determined um by somebody else altogether and you just sit and wait for your royalty check to come E nice from North Carolina that's what's up Devon welcome do you master your own music yes I do I mix and master everything I do uh my mixes weren't always the greatest um but you know over time through practice and just mixing a whole bunch of crappy music um it got better and i'm glad i learned how to do it because now you know i'm able to turn around music faster like for example the brief that i was telling you guys about earlier um that was due like the same day uh, I was able to produce the track, mix it, master it, and send it out like in two hours. Um, if you, unless you got a dope relationship with a dope engineer, a lot of times it's hard to have that kind of turnaround because you got to make the track, then you got to get all the files together, excuse me, email it to the engineer, and then he has to sit down, mix it, and it just depends on what his schedule's like. And a lot of times, man, I tried to reach out to an engineer once, and I was just like, yo, I'm working on some TV and film stuff. Can you have this mixed and mastered by tomorrow? And they was like, nah, but like, I need, <laughs> I need time. I was like, we ain't got time, bro. So, 
he missed out on that opportunity but you just got to be able to uh you got to be able to turn around stuff fast sometimes and i feel like if you learn how to mix and master on your own um then you add more value to yourself especially in licensing um because you can um sometimes i'll get i'll get hit up and like yo we need an alternate mix for for this track that you did like three years ago and i'm like dude so i have to go back but i can do it real quick because i have everything and i mix everything so i can do that um so yeah that that helps man that's that's been a lifesaver honestly for me um i met, i almost missed out on a a promo placement for a show i forget what network it was on but almost missed out like i was like out driving around and they hit me up and was just like yo they want to use this but they need this they need this synth switched out um so i like literally ran back home and um and knocked it out and if i didn't like if i didn't mix and master i wouldn't have been able to do that because i had to switch out all the sounds because i was using different plugins when i created that track five years ago shout out to that publisher um that put me on the spot but it happens and man shoot like sometimes you just get put in situations where you got to figure it out um but i got it to him and mixing and mastering helped that so i created a course if you want to learn how to mix and master i have that too on my website um clintproductions.com um, but yeah man definitely recommend it if you if you're in music licensing going through the questions questions i can't talk man i've been talking too long appreciate you byron for coming through listen youtube is the new school for real yeah man what's up benjamin from canada thanks for coming through <clears throat> isaiah hill said do you the music libraries register your tracks for you in most cases yeah they'll they'll register um on your behalf with your your pro um but always ask just to be sure but yeah usually they do another great question I often get emails from companies such as that pitch uh, that pitch and they often want me to pay monthly in hopes I'll get a placement I don't trust it but what's your opinion on it um, I have I have I don't I haven't heard of that company so I, I mean i can't really speak positively or negatively about them um i will say i mean shoot like the the pay to pitch joint is kind of i mean i kind of understand why they do it because it filters out people who aren't serious and people who will you know waste their time i get that but it can get expensive and it's creating another barrier of entry so you got to get a 
and I, I'm, I'm assuming this is how it works like they have to approve it and then if they approve it they forward it to another company um if that's the case you know it's just some somebody another middleman that you kind of got to get out the way or at least get approval for before you can actually go straight to the library or or music supervisor or whatever um that can get expensive especially if it's monthly you like all these companies music libraries out there uh most of them don't i mean they don't charge uh, a fee to submit they get paid when they place the music um on the publishing right so um they publish your music they get paid and that's usually how it should work and it's it should be motivation for them to get to work so it's like y'all want to get paid then y'all need to do y'all y'all's part and publish the music so that's my approach i try to avoid you know companies that are, are charged especially monthly um because you can't guarantee a placement like i can give all i can give y'all this all this dope information but I will never guarantee, like even if you take my music licensing course, Road to 10 Placements, I'm not going to guarantee you're going to get a placement, even though I give you everything I did, every step I took to start getting placements in that course. I'm not going to guarantee you a placement because I can't. I don't know. I don't know your work ethic. I don't know what some of y'all's music sound like. I don't know what y'all's attitude is like. You know what I'm saying? Like all those things play a role into how and into getting a placement but i can tell you this is what i did and it worked for me and it's gotten me placements and i know it's gotten other people's placements but i'll never i mean i'll never guarantee you i can't so yeah that's my take on it hopefully that helps Thank you for listening to the Music Is My Business podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so now so you can know every time I drop a new episode. If you found the information helpful, please be sure to rate and review the podcast so we can get this dope info out to more music entrepreneurs like you. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want to learn more about how to get your music placed in TV and film, visit ClintProductions.com today to download my free six-step guide to TV placements. These are the steps I took to land my first 10 TV placements in a little over a year. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.